2: Hello and welcome to episode 427 of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in the city, beautiful Orlando, Florida.
0: Hey, this is Matt in Minneapolis.
2: And as always, this
1: is Spencer hanging out in Western Massachusetts, where I am ready to talk bikes, guys, all things racing, advice. I don't know. What are we doing?
0: I haven't read the notes. Ooh, a lot of racing. I think Tim's got some breaking news, though. Yeah. I was oh.
2: looking, I've been looking forward to telling you guys this story for well over a, almost a week. Um, you have
1: a, a, a grin yeah. that, that belies uh, an epic story. I, I am on the edge of my seat.
2: It's been absolutely um, great seeing you both every week. But this may take the cake. <laughs> 427 episodes in. Okay. So, as most of you know, I'm loosely involved with the Orlando Bike Coalition as a former president, kind of still around as a um, as a departing board member, if you will. But I am, uh, you know, still active in the general community to gain bike and pedestrian access across the city of Orlando. Not something Orlando is really known for, but you know, putting the fight in the right spot. Sure. A few blocks from my house is a Catholic school that the city back in 1996, like 30 years ago, gave them the street in front of the school because the school has buildings on both sides of the street. So the school wanted to close down the street so the kids could walk between the buildings without okay. cars. Cool. But the city retained bicycle and pedestrian access on the street. So uh-huh. I walked through it with Otis, my three-legged dog. I also ride my bike down the street all the time when I'm going to the cafe or going to FedEx Kinko's to drop off packages or whatnot. So the Catholic school has Uh submitted a petition to the city so that the city abandons the bicycle pedestrian easement, right? Basically they want to take away access to bicycles and pedestrians wall off the facility because they claim school safety The neighborhood's like, hey, just shut it during the school day and then open it back up when the kids aren't in session. Mm -hmm. Seems like a pretty reasonable compromise. Mm -hmm. Um, But the school doesn't want to do that. They want to just have the city have no rights to this, obviously a real estate play because the Catholic church is going to need the money um, for future lawsuits. But anyways, I digress. So I'm at the neighborhood meeting Uh and they're talking about why they want the bicycle pedestrian access to be removed. Uh example one school shootings are on the rise since 1996 Uh everyone there is like totally understood it's disgusting we don't want our kids to be at risk yeah Uh example two unknown persons questionable people Uh walking through campus during the school day Uh they then go to the slide and they point to the picture And it's me. Yeah. I was the example. Creeper. Uh On my Mozzie, my orange Mozzie town bike, and a backpack full of packages going to Kinko's. It was me. (laughs) That was quite the look in the mirror, gentlemen, (laughs) that that I am the reason why... um, they want to shut down access. Now, did oh,
0: you raise your hand yeah. and did say, oh, me. oh, no.
2: I stood up and I said, hey, I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Tim. I live four houses that way. Yeah. I love coming through here. And it's the only practical route for me to avoid two very busy roads safely for myself uh-huh. and my two kids, a two-year-old and a five-year-old, to learn how to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. I don't like to think of myself as a questionable individual. <laughs> yeah. And the whole room started laughing. I even saw a glimmer of a smile from the friar. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're going to move forward with trying to close the streets. Mm. Um, but, you know, I've got my, I got my finger on the pulse. So I'm going to Jane, Jane Jacobs this thing and go to the city commission and make sure that they don't end the public access to the public streets. hmm Anyways, yeah. that was my story. I thought it was really good. That's great. <laughs> the whole week, I'm like, hey, it was me. Tim. Oh,
0: it God. is
1: It is impressive how many um, publications, advertisements, and different things you end up in uh, on your bike. <laughs> uh, semi-unbeknownst to you. Um, famously, the, the ad for condominiums in downtown Minneapolis. Oh, uh, that was
2: do you think that was because of me? Was it because of the sweet track bike with the gold accents? Or was it because of my amazing Hot Wheels um, cycling jacket, the it's Monex, that. Yeah. team I mean, racing jacket?
0: I think we got to say it's a combination of all three. That's the I mean, sort of hip urban environment that they knew people <laughs> wanted to spend between $500,000 and $1 million yeah. to live yeah. in a condo. For, yeah.
2: like, For a hey, condo tower that was never built. Never did built. You, <laughs> like, I didn't do did my you, job.
1: Do you make around $11 an hour? Do you without benefits? $400,000 condominium in downtown Minneapolis? Or do you at least want to look like you make around $11 an hour? Uh,
2: because Do you want to stand on the 30th floor balcony of your $1 million condo and look down at the bike messengers without benefits making $11 an hour? Uh-huh. Shuttling headshots from agencies to Target?
0: Uh-huh. Can dream. Oh, we have times. the space
2: for you. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there's a lot. You are right, Spencer. I do have a tendency to find myself in the background of tons of photos. um But yeah, it's great.
1: I, I mean, it's it's from our racing days, uh, glory days, in the Cat fours, Cat threes, even <laughs> always being you, behind the winner.
2: <laughs> well,
1: it, yes. I'll, more, even more. To put more of a fine point on it, is always know where the photographer is on course, yeah. and. Yes. You know, if it's a four corner crit and all the photographers are on turn three, hey man, be on the outside where they are in turn three. Oh, if they're on the inside of the turn, be on the the outside. Cat six
2: uh, mantra: Derek Lewis, Tyler Denniston, the old ninja preem kind of like right. Know where the photographers are. It's the most important thing.
1: It's always the most important thing Uh, because at the end of the day, ninety nine point eight percent of us are never going to win any bike races so all we're going to have to go off of yeah. are the photos are literally the fo- I was going to say the result sheet and the photos mm. but I don't have the result sheets because you know when we were racing the internet wasn't quite
2: so yeah
1: uh robust well, it's also
2: USA cycling they still don't have the internet results thing down no, but they the, are
1: lost to time
2: we could go to skinny ski get our photos from way back and then just edit so it's the ones with us on the front but i will say My favorite part about the photo that they used for this presentation Mm -hmm. was it was like a week ago. Like they clearly were scrambling going, we need examples of people walking or riding their bikes down this sidewalk during Mm -hmm. Uh, during the school hour. And like, here's someone on a bike. It's not that many people use this facility during the school day. The problem is it's right next door to the busiest park in the city. So like they're shutting down access for people that want to like go to festivals. But anyways, you know. Leave it leave it to them. But I know that wasn't the real highlight. The real highlight was the donkey race that was today. <laughs> was that the highlight? Because it was also, um Loop, it was yeah. also the Umloop race yesterday. Uh-huh. Now, Spencer, we have uh-huh. an age-old, since the dawning of the Slow Ride podcast, I think it's episode one or two, mm-hmm. we talked about a Slow Ride podcast guarantee, the infallible truth. Mm-hmm. That is, hey. if QuickSep loses Umloop... Or day one of a classics weekend, mm-hmm. they will then for sure win. Yes. Day two of the classic weekend,
0: mm. you could set your watch. You could by this, but I think we just have a new one now. I think we have a new one now that this one has fallen to the wayside.
1: I just i I, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm a little like I've been wandering around kind of in a fog all mm. day. Um, because I was just like, "Well, Quick Step's going to clean up." I don't know which well, one of them, you know, uh, but it could be anybody because they're just going to. Well, dominate. we knew they weren't
2: going to clean up on the women's side of racing because a, it's a Patrick Lefebvre <laughs> team, and sure. b, there is no women's KBK. But indeed, there is a I women's mean, umloop. And lot if of- you were
1: if you if you were trying to watch the live feed of the women's umloop, you might not think there was one because it was extremely difficult to find. Yeah. And they only showed the last uh, 28K or something.
2: And Lada Capecchi won for SD Works over Lorena Weebs and Marta Bastianelli of UAE. So, on the men's side, though, I mean, guys, Yellow Lotto it's definitely the team to beat this year, eh?
0: I'd say so. Um,
1: yeah, I think that's a, a safe assumption, Tim. They uh, kind of throttled everyone on Saturday and then came out put two in the break, and took one-two uh, at the end of the day there, a break of four, uh, mm. took one-two in current Brussels current, took home a donkey, took home all the prize money, two-thirds of the prize money from the podium, and then uh, had a sixth place as well. So three in the top six um, um, for a, a team formerly known as Yellow Lotto, who I think we need to give some respect to the name, Jumbo Visma, um, if you're unaware, Visma is a small software company out of Norway.
2: Not to be not related to Uno X, which is the new World Tour team from Norway, or Pro Continental team from Norway. Did
1: you no, know? Yeah, maybe you are guys all tour- knew this. Uno, Uno X uh, uh, and uh, first first cycling the the best cycling database on the internet um, are connected. Like the really the bosses, the bosses are the same.
0: Did not know that. Wait, so if the, if cool. I see yeah. a few too many Uno X top tens, I know uh-huh. maybe uh, they're fudging the numbers a little bit here. Numbers and there. are
1: fudged still at all? Could be, could be.
0: I mean, the UCI like probably doesn't cross reference, so that's probably a good way to move up Can, in the rankings in a couple of years mm-hmm. when they're looking for that world tour license, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Like, I know, I know, we're not going to talk. I know we'll get to the donkey race and everything, but let's real quick stay on the Uno X. Okay. Can we talk about their time trial helmets for a second? Did you uh, see Oh, yeah. i this. The, so, their helmet sponsor is Sweet Protection, also a Norwegian based helmet protection company. Mm-hmm. Okay. Their new helmets, like yeah. their time trial helmets, make the POC mushroom head helmet. Like, literally, we now have reached full space balls. We've talked about space balls helmets before in the past. Mm hmm. But this thing, everyone do yourself a favor while you're listening to the podcast, open up a tab and just go like Uno X time trial helmet. Yeah, it is good. uh, It's really good. It is. It's an all timer. It's, um, it's, it's amazing. Sweet protection. This thing is (laughs) little helmet from, uh, Spaceballs for sure. Did you see it, Spencer? It is. You got the look, you got the look on your face like you're looking at it right now.
1: No, it's absolutely incredible. Um. I I think this is what we were hoping for, back in the like Le Mans days, like back in the when things were weird, and then things got very arrow and streamlined afterwards. We need to get yeah. back to weird, and this is this is full so, on weird.
2: Okay, do you remember all of those Lance Armstrong? Discovery Channel documentaries that they had about like oh aerodynamics and
0: yeah and Road the to Giro the tour
2: helmet and team, and they're like you know scaling back the tt helmet and it was like really narrow profile did they just completely miss the boat and like well because all the time trial helmets are clearly all about like covering the shoulders I mean this thing is disgusting. The only person that was happy about looking at this thing was the specialized marketing team because they're like, Thank God, <laughs> like we're not like Taking our head the heat sock off, thing is yeah. now gonna be forgotten.
1: <laughs> it's like oh.
2: this is the gift.
1: It you know, it doesn't look so bad from a side profile, but from any kind of three quarters or direct on, it is is pretty atrocious. This is a I, this is a it's, sinful it's something- helmet.
2: It's something out of the live Super Mario Brothers movie from back in the eighties. <laughs> it's just it's amazing. Um so yeah, okay, back to Umloop, Little guy. Uh did the mirror do anything important in uh Umloop to set up uh the win for um uh but Vanguard, Vingard or not Vingard, Vingard,
0: Man, Dylan Vingard. Van Barle. Ben We've Barrow. talked about this before. I know there was a there was a podcast at some point where we in the last year where I tried to remember who won Roubaix and I uh-huh. couldn't remember yeah. his name. Yeah. For a guy that has some pretty big wins in his career, he is yeah. sure easy to forget. Um I don't remember where he broke away, but he broke away pretty far out. I don't remember like which climb made the bigger difference, but he bridged up to that move of people and left everybody standing still i don't he looks pretty ridiculous lotto looks pretty ridiculous and they don't even have their supposed leader there yet <laughs> this is all yeah. the this is the this is the b plus team this is wild yeah. at home and they look ridiculously yeah, dominant
1: what is to come <laughs> we should be afraid um because, you know, we don't have to stick to the, the, the opening weekend in Belgium either. We can move across to the um, Grand Camino as well, where Vingard put on a clinic. It was basically a training camp. Uh, hey, guys, come try and ride with me as I win every single stage in the overall. Uh, see see if you can keep up. And yeah. uh, they couldn't. Um, just a ridiculous domination this week from yellow lotto
0: yeah that's 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 four days of racing almost for vingard three wins and a gc Uh pogues on six days of racing and four wins Uh kind of seems like our tour favorites are coming out a little hot a little hot what, (laughs) what do you i mean any other uh Two favorites would come out this hot years ago. Like we would all be like, "There's no uh, way." Like they're, no. They're I was just
1: gonna say, do you remember the days when we first started watching? And like nobody, none of the big guns, the Ulrichs and the whoever's, would not show up until the dauphine <laughs> Like, like that they, would oh, yeah. be like their Criterium first racing yeah, days yeah. of the year. Yeah,
0: it'd be a big deal if Lance showed up to liege and Amstel some... with decent form they'd make a big yeah. deal about how like oh, no, you can't first? have two peaks in a year you know it's yeah, it's, yeah. No, uh, you
1: can't peak twice in
0: a year that's crazy no, there's no way you can't you can't get the blood you can't bank enough blood bags <laughs> hey can to we do that what properly. came first yeah.
2: oln or versus which one was the first one
0: oln oln because, okay. versus then discovery uh-huh. then it became nbc sports and it's just okay. peacock, right? Is well,
2: that... the reason I ask is because the OLN, like we used to like watch those races, and I remember we get really amped for, um, or uh n- none of the classics except like Criterion International, because that's when the big oh yeah to
0: They show made up. a big deal about the the, the Criterion. So <laughs> one day they have when, the rights to it, when yeah. We, yeah, no, exactly. When we were first ra- watching racing, like Perry Nice. So Perry Nice starts in a week and obviously mm-hmm. Pogue and Vingard are going and they're both oh, flying. Man. So Yeah. And I know I'm usually the only one that freaks out about this race, but I think you guys should get excited this year because these two guys I are have... they uh... they literally can't lose, but one of them has to lose in this next week. I but don't know. When we first started I... watching racing, it was always like, Oh, the guy who's gonna be at the tour is gonna he if he goes to Perry Nice, he's there. To work for that second tier team, he's there to work for that super Domestic. You know, he's not gonna really be there to finally win it. pay
1: him back. Yeah,
0: yeah. Revelin so won it- Paris Nice for God's sakes one year. Not gonna win the tour, <laughs> and yeah. like now, like we literally have the last two tour champions heading into Paris Nice on crazy form. Like mm-hmm. we get a little miniature Tour de France next week.
2: So I can't wait to watch it, little guy. I do want to bring. I mean, I know people write in emails constantly and say that i have to keep you guys in line so i'm going to keep you guys in line because oh, we yeah. did not give full credit to uh kern brussels kern um we are still <laughs> yes. on the hunt for george hincappy's donkey from when he it won it missing. back in 2006 where's the donkey george well but i do
1: we did have the email
2: yeah the correspondence
1: <laughs> from george saying he didn't know where the donkey was which of course we don't believe He knows where the donkey is.
2: That's what someone would say that owns a hotel that wants us to come find it. Um, There was a sign on the side of the road today at Kern Brussels Kern. I I retweeted it Uh from one of my favorite uh, Twitter accounts, Out of Cycling. And it says, uh, the cycling out of context. And the sign says written, pretty big painted lettering here. So, bravo to the... um, the folks on the side of the uh, road in uh, Belgium, why try to get a lion trophy in July when you can win a donkey trophy today? Dot, dot, dot. It's a good point. It it was after reading that, that we know that fans of the podcast, Taco Vanderhorn and Mm -hmm. Tiespah Newt, entered into the joining up of the mega powers of slow ride podcast fandom to go on the attack, to go and, and do what they can to win the donkey for the Slow Ride podcast. And it was T. Spinute who took the victory yeah. um, today. Fantastic uh, result over Nathan Van Hooydendijk of Jumbo Visma and uh, little-known uh, rider Matic Mor- Morich.
1: Yeah,
0: I little known.
2: Oh, know, yeah, it yeah. was perfect. Yeah. Taco Taco Vanderhoorn in fourth and then uh, fellow Belgian um, compatriot Tim Wellens in fifth before a solid gap. Could, uh, I take field. a
0: Tim Wellens diversion, you guys. You guys know I have been a big Tim Wellens fan. Yeah. And then he went to UAE, which pained me. Yep. Uh-huh. Pained me yep. that he left what's now Lotto Dynasty in their moment of weakness. Uh-huh. Which was actually the moment of weakness was actually the last three years. But yes. <laughs> yes. But he went to UAE, Lotto? and, of course, I'll talk about Lotto Destiny because i got something to say about that, too. But Tim Wellens has come out swinging in the classics, getting in the moves, looking really good, won, won, a, won, a, won a stage, whatever the heck, stage race last week, and it hurts me, you guys, because I don't want to yeah. like UAE. And I've always liked him, and I hate it when a rider I like goes to a team I don't like, and then he gets on good form it's and
1: yeah it's like and and pokes got all that panache it's uh, it's tough not to like that team
0: it's it's a little hard to not like them but i can still do it tim you were going to talk about lotto destiny i think and if you weren't it doesn't matter because i'm going to do it too i'm gonna do it now um one there was all the weird news this week about camping arts using like the biggest chain ring in the world which came to nothing because i don't know where he finished obviously the chain ring was too big but uh <laughs>
1: Changing Wars he didn't, he didn't uh,
0: No, but Arnod Delee or whatever his name is, who mm-hmm. is the only guy who scored points for them other than the one to Gent win every year the last like years. Uh-huh. Who I was uh talking to a friend Amon in the last week and he was saying what do you think Do De- you think Delee's for real? Because Delee was like top ten UCI points last year. And yeah. I had to go look up his races because I was like, I don't think I've ever seen him race. And before this weekend, I don't think I'd ever watched a race he was in because they sent him to all these little second tier races and he just hoovered up, up the points. point. Yeah, yeah, just gobbled up points. So I was a little worried they were going to throw him in the deep end this year and he wasn't going to be good. But he came good and he had super yeah. good results both these days. So there is hope. He
2: got seven at L- KBK and second at Umloop.
0: Yeah. So there's hope for Lotto Destiny is all. I was very excited to see. I was nervous for him this weekend because I know there was, like, when, you, when you're sitting top 10 in the UCI points, like, people are going to be like, hey, you should be winning big races or at least placing. And looking at his results the last few years, it was like, dude have been winning Durand every week. But, like, that doesn't mean anything.
2: So. They have three race wins so far this year, and they're all Arnondalee.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a winning machine, and so the fact that he came through these races with yeah. the big with the big names is he essentially
1: got really second good. both days because he, he lost the field sprint. Uh, you know, for second. Um, yeah, to Laporte, EKBK. yeah, yeah, Laporte, Jumbo Visma, um, taking that field. So sprint So is it for the sixth.
2: rider or is it the team, little guy? Is that what you're getting at? Like, are we? Is this like a rebirth of the Lotto Destiny team? New doctors, new like program, new <laughs> new, new, program. new RV, no, new like he's, new new no, culture is, because is like Tim Wellens has left. Or is no. this like a rider that's just amazing that's going to eventually sign to Lotto jum- Jumbo Visma?
0: No, he's. I think he's. I think he's the real deal, is what I'm saying. And yeah. I. I guess and that's I, what I wasn't sure.
2: And if they're he not going to be real... able to afford to keep him.
0: Yeah, I don't know what I should look. I don't know how much they got. Long they got him on a contract, but. Yeah, I was just a little unsure if he was really the real deal or it was just yeah, he's he's really good, but you send him to second tier races, yeah, you're gonna get great results. Like if like Van Hoydock got second today and has been the strongest worker for Jumbo Visma, right? But like if you send him to all second tier races, like he'd probably clean up all the time, but like he's he ends up just being like a top domestique in these races.
2: You know? on Sunday was the second loop race, uh, for the women with Lorena weebs taking the victory over Bassianelli again, who went from third to second the next day. And then Audrey Cordon ro on uh ZAF cycling team. Congrats to the, the women as well. Um, shout out to, uh, friend of the pod, uh, St. Michelle, Auburn 93, who also have a, uh, women's, uh, professional cycling team now. So oh. pretty great. Nice. To see, so, um, Very nice. So, little guy, I don't think there's any other good news about professional bike racing in the last week. I don't oh, really want to talk about anything more. Timmy,
0: Timmy, Timmy. Every year we do this, we talk about the opening weekend in Belgium, but there's also two good races in France this weekend. There's the Fond... Ardèche, and there's the Drome Classic, which was today yep, on Sunday. Don't
2: care. Mm. But
0: the best part of it was is that on Saturday, your boy Philippe is back to his winning ways. Tim, you've got a baddie to root against <laughs> He went clear on some super steep climbs with Gadu, and they went solo to the finish I together. Saw, I
2: actually saw that come across the Twitter feed. Uh, and yeah. I was hoping Elon Musk had um, introduced a new thing, like Unfavorite, but I couldn't yeah. figure it out. I was just <laughs> like, oh, no. another Philippe victory. The, this he's was back good. to ruin my weekend. No,
0: he's he's back, and I'm actually – I was excited – he had the panache who's pulling faces, but he still pulled out the sprint. So double French, good race. And today, I was excited, you guys, <laughs> because <French>. today <laughs> no, today at, fauna, at the Fondrome, um, um, serious headwind, Anthony Perez of Cofidis, no less, Cofidis wins a bike race. He went solo super far from the finish into the headwind. The commentators for like 25K were like, well, he's going to get caught because he's going into a headwind. No way. Held them all off. Beautiful, beautiful win. Kofidis with a rare victory. Yeah. So they're fun races. Why? They're super hilly and and uh they just look kind of brutal and, and fun. But they're they're like little mini Arden classics. They're fun.
2: Why we're there, let's also give a shout out to the tour of Rwanda. It was uh with Hanoch Molabron of Eritrea taking the victory. I wanna yeah. like, yeah. I can't wait for the world championships to happen there. To like just see like Cause you see the pictures that come out of that climb that the like ruthless climb that they go up where it's like 25%. I think it's the Kilgali stage and it just looks insane. And the crowd is just like 20 deep. It looks like a Belgian cross race. It's just, it's like awesome. And you're like, that's an atmosphere. Um, I don't know if that will be uh, brought to Glasgow this year, but it would be uh, pretty awesome to see like, you know, 15, 20 people deep on some of these climbs. Um, well, gentlemen, uh, there's so much more to get into, but without further ado, we still have not heard from our upcoming um, pre-lap correspondent. So let's get right into it and just hit the pre-lap. Try it. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Simon, give us a call.
3: I'm Lottie Kopecki, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast.
2: All right, guys, here we are in the pre Lap. Once again, let's give a major shout-out to the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Independent Cycling Media lives, and it lives here on the Wide Angle Podium channel. Head over to wideanglepodium.com to find out all about the cycling news and happenings. I got some text messages earlier this week. From friend of the podcast, Rob Kelly of Criterium Nation. He is (laughs) digging in deep for the National Criterium League, which is due to start in about a month's time in Miami Beach. See what's going on in crit racing here in the U.S. You can also find out about upcoming Cyclocross news with the release of the World Cup calendar and the UCI calendars over at Cyclocross Radio with Bill, Zach, and Mike. And I'm sure the Grodio will be updating us all on what's happening in the world of gravel cycling, which just oh, got yeah. off a good start this past weekend.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of great content coming out on Wide Angle Podium. Uh, if, it, uh, uh, if it is something you enjoy, it is something uh, you can think about supporting, and you could do that over at wideanglepodium.com. Just click on the Donate button to do so.
2: Awesome. Let's get back to the show.
3: Uh, I'm Nielsen Paulus, and you're listening to the
1: Slow Ride Podcast.
2: All right, guys, here we are. Once again, major shout-out to Tis Banute for winning the donkey. You look like a million bucks when you're on the podium <laughs> with one of the finest accoutrements of bike I racing. Now- did you see oh, the yeah. guy
1: handing out the donkey? Because I feel like KBK gives as much, um, I don't know, flair, respect, uh, honor to the donkey as we do. Like nobody else does. The race promoters themselves and the Solar Ride podcast. No one else seems to, they think it's a funny thing. No, the donkey is for real. And they had a f- guy in a full tux, like waistcoat with the yeah. with the drop back and a top hat on. Presenting the donkey, it was incredible. Belgian sash across, it was a plus. It was it was so good, and and you know, it's what the what the donkey deserves.
2: <laughs> it is. It's yeah. It is exactly what the donkey deserves. It's such a such great accoutrement, almost as good as the trident. Um, did but, you?
0: Uh, did you guys also see oh, almost. at KBK Wait. that the. The guy at the finish who has to like run with the winner, usually you know to make sure they don't go anywhere weird or do anything shady and like get yeah, yeah to the, doping control the the, the,
2: stuff. the the doping control like uh chaperone, chaperone
0: yeah, yeah, so at I saw the KBK, picture. they yeah. had an e bike they had a guy on an e bike so he could keep up with T. oh um, yeah that's a great, great use of an e bike I always feel bad because there's some guy who's probably like thought this was a great honorary position to be the chaperone for the leader and they get done and they're sprinting down the street trying to keep up <laughs> with this guy. Um, I was really into that. I like that. It was, it was a good touch.
2: It was a very That's good awesome. touch. I did see those pictures, little guy. Um, they were uh, fantastic. I loved every moment of them. Let's dig into the slow ride podcast email bag. Major shout outs to everybody that emails us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com where all of your emails are gratefully received. Mm-hmm. And let's uh, let's get right into it. The first one comes to us from Dylan McReynolds right before we came to press. Gentlemen, just heard you cover all things Santa Cruz. That Hyundai looks a bit like a modern-day Subaru Baja. And where have we seen the Baja before? It's in your DNA. Genetic advantage. Something unique.
3: Just something inside that lets you leave the rest behind. (laughs) The all-car, all-truck, all-wheel-drive Subaru's bomb. Subaru, driven by what's inside. Me. See your local Subaru dealer. For information on financing as low as 0% APR.
2: Well, guys, what an amazing commercial for the Subaru Baja and whose voice was that that we heard
0: was that um was that Roberto Haras I think it was no wasn't it no it's no? 2003
2: okay. he wasn't on the team yet I don't know maybe he was on the team he was
0: Spencer? oh it was uh Rumsys, wasn't it <laughs> <laughs>
1: Whoa. okay oh wow it must have been um Salvadelli
2: Yes, no, I, you definitely. guys are not fun. You're not playing the game the you right could way. You can hear that Lance accent. Armstrong. You could hear the yeah, yeah.
0: The, the, it the Italian accent. That was totally little silly. So,
2: really. Little-known American bike racer Lance Armstrong, who okay. is uh. on a commercial talking about DNA and the genetic coding that it must <laughs> take to make a successful athlete-slash-car truck that is the Subaru Baja. I am thrilled no. by this commercial. This, this is the start of Subaru's love affair. This is this is probably when they mm. thought that they could name a car the Crosstrek. Um uh-huh. it is the start of when they would put a Gary Fisher mountain bike in all the advertising. Uh-huh. Um it is the you know when as you said in Green Room Spencer it's when Subaru made small cars. Yeah. Reasonable <laughs> sized anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um Dylan, thank you so much. I have never seen this commercial before. It's I a neither. It, everyone check it out. 2003 uh Hun, uh, Subaru Baja commercial with Lance Armstrong. It is amazing. The soundtrack is fantastic, as you could hear there. It's just, it's a no-brainer. You're definitely going to want to check it out. It is um,
1: It is ironic um, knowing the story, the backstory as it unfolded now with uh, Lance talking about the DNA and everything and the genetics but really it was there in front of our eyes the whole time God, the back whole in time. Two, two, 20, uh, 2003. He basically admits it. Well, I mean, the Subaru Baja admits it. I mean, there has never been a more manipulated genetic mashup of a vehicle than the Subaru Baja. It it defies all logic and paved the way for uh, modern-day monsters such as the so Honda the- Line or the Hyundai
0: Santa Cruz, which are... But the Brad is so awesome. We have to admit, the <laughs> The Subaru- incredible. Subaru Brad's incredible. The, so, the, so- the Brad's great. You're saying that the Baja is as unbelievable as a as a classics winner guy getting cancer and then coming back and being a really svelte like climber that wins all Grand Tours. As possible. Yeah. Okay.
1: I mean, you know, maybe maybe he's all business in the front. You know, when you got to pick up the kids from school, but on the weekends when you got to throw a surfboard in the back, yeah, you can do
0: that. So I feel like Lance with his high cadence. He should have been sponsored by some sort of really high revving car, like uh-huh. like a like a Honda, like one of those S two thousands or whatever, something that just not like, like red Viana? lines at eight or nine thousand. Yeah, because probably the Baja, has got the boxer, it's probably a lower revving. It's probably red lines at five mm. or six. That's not Lance. Lance was Lance was eight nine. He was he was like
1: well, you know zzz, uh, the reason you know. he won all those tours is because he could keep that cadence up at one hundred and ten. Little
0: guy. Yeah. Um, no, I know, I know. And, and Uncle Phil all right told couldn't us all do it because. Ulrich was yeah. like a slow diesel, but once you got that diesel going, you guys. It was
2: okay. You know, yeah. guys, this. Remember when non endemic <laughs> sponsors existed in American cycling? It was fantastic. No. <laughs> no, but I, not. <laughs> I literally didn't know,
0: remember about this one. I did <laughs> yeah. remember the Lance Nissan Leaf commercials, and I still think about that. I drove a Leaf like a month ago, and I immediately thought of Lance Armstrong. So.
1: You know, it works, I, I, I went by um, where the old Radio Shack was, and uh, it made me think of uh, Lance Armstrong, but it's oh, wow. no longer there. Well, yeah.
2: Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. um, I still see Saturn wagons out on the road, and I keep thinking about the good times before it blew a rod.
0: I'm shopping huh. for boat insurance, so you know Navigators <laughs> is where I'm going.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's a classic. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, we, guys, a couple of weeks ago we picked on bus drivers. Yeah, I'm sure no one else is going to email us this week. Last week, we did talk about the um, the ugliest car in the world.
1: Allegedly. 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 We should we should
2: preface. So. The, 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 the Honda Ridgeline, I think, I, was the... No, the,
1: Hyundai, the Honda Ridgeline is a... Yeah, uh, sorry.
2: The Hyundai Santa Cruz. I apologize. Yes. I get them all mixed. It's, they're
1: both ugly.
0: Yeah, they're both ugly. Why Allegedly.
1: So, now, I don't want to yuck anyone's yum, but... Yeah so I, I, they're not my cup of tea
2: ugly and practical tim spencer and matt greetings from idaho i woke up to a text from my friend aaron this morning preemptively uh, uh, uh. apologizing for the most recent episode of the slow ride podcast <laughs> i was I, shocked I feel
1: like a lot of people have gotten that text message though over the years
2: <laughs> yeah like don't listen hey, to those man. guys
1: <laughs> oh yeah
2: I was shocked to hear that his minor correction quickly dissolved into bashing of my car. I would have expected you all to love this weird, practical car truck as (laughs) lovers of ugly vehicles like the Vanagon and Saturn Wagons. It does, in fact, fit bikes. Even four excessively long mountain bikes. See the attached pictures. Mm -hmm. Okay, so maybe it is ugly, but it's practical and one less gigantic truck on the road. All the best, Kyle. Kyle. And it is a Hyundai Santa Cruz with four impressively long mountain bikes. We, I see some transitions mm-hmm. in here, some salsas, konas. No Santa Cruz, um, though. No Santa Cruz's. Didn't
1: it. have the guts.
2: It So does
1: this or the, or email the money, carry less weight? It could be the money. So here's the thing. Little guy, we talked about this uh, off- Offline, I think in the green room, maybe last week or, or at, some po- at some point. Um, and we do love weird practical vehicles. He, he's got us pegged in this email, but the Vanigans yes. and Tim, Tim <laughs> is, of course, the only one that loves the Saturn wagon. Uh, we, we've we been in the Saturn wagon. Uh, it was, yeah, it was okay. It was um, fine. I drove it <laughs> back from Montreal. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But, we were talking about another weird uh, discontinued vehicle that we hated and have come to love, which was the Honda Element.
0: Yeah, um, that's true. Come a around great, on it.
1: Great bike racing vehicle, uh, great all-around kind of u- utility vehicle. Is the Hyundai Santa Cruz going to be, you know, in a decade, a vehicle that we look at and say, dang, that was a pretty practical little vehicle Can't... we should have uh, not hated on?
0: Little vehicle. Can they wow. attach a tent? Vehicles are <laughs> wow. going to get very big. I mean, I wouldn't put it by currently because every time yeah. I park my mid-sized car in a in a parking lot, I'm amazed at how small it looks compared to current mid-sized cars. So, yeah, probably. Do you,
2: no, but this Santa Cruz, can they attach a tent to the bed so it's practical oh, camping I don't know. car? Like, that's the... Yeah. That's how we're gonna judge years from now on. If this is a practical car, can you can you take the family camping in it mm-hmm. without having to set a tent in the ground? Because you either put <laughs> it on the just, roof of your car or yeah. in the bed. Can you well, do maybe, that? and
0: that that's why the Honda the the element kind of came around to me because you could get somebody at least made a pop top for it. Like you could yeah. you could get like a Westie yeah. pop top for them. And once I saw that as an option. I realized, so, yes, I initially thought it was a silly box, but
1: hang on, little guy. By this I logic, do. we need to circle back to the Pontiac Aztec, then.
0: Again, because I, I am <laughs> willing to admit, that. I have come around. I am excited now oh when God. I see an Aztec. And I'm <laughs> also excited.
2: When I see an Aztec, especially the yellow, like that. It's Baja like a unicorn. Yellow. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, I yellow. mean it's it's a real it's a real love hate relationship, and that uh-huh. I I hate it on them. There was a point where there was a lot of them in my neighborhood. They had it's filtered down. It's the only good Pontiac. Mm-hmm. But now, I'm actually kind of excited when I see a Pontiac now moving. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> moving?
0: <laughs> no this this will blow your guys' mind. Earlier this week, I was coming home from work and I came up to an intersection at the same time as a car. Total Minnesota standoff. Uh huh. And. A car across the street was a Pontiac, so I put my foot down. I was scared. I wasn't moving. <laughs> uh-huh. They waved me through. Just they were like, up. they were very insistent. Uh, they were like, no, come on. Uh, you got to go. You got to go. There's a school
2: bus driver. He, he saw you. <laughs> on like, their off hours. <laughs> on their off hours. I
0: know. They're yeah, just yeah. too polite. I'm no, like if anybody I
1: anybody who had Pontiac. a Pontiac in the height of Pontiac in the early 2000s and stuff um, bought them because it was a, a sports car that you could uh, afford. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Ram Air.
1: Oh, now yeah. they're in their 40s. They got nowhere to go, but they, they still got the sports car, you know, and um, they're just waving you through the, the intersection. they I think, the Pontiac driver is a different breed these days. They've aged uh, into uh, a,
0: a, yeah. a
1: new, a new I, culture.
0: I will have to get a picture of it. A couple blocks from me, there is a there's an Aztec Pontiac uh, Aztec that's gray, and it has sort of like a like a misty mountain scene airbrushed oh. on one side. Oh. So when it when it drives past my house sometimes, it looks mint. Mint with a misty mountain scene on one side. On the other side, there is a fair bit of rust.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> so I've been getting a false image. <laughs> so we know, so we know it what about. side the plows would hit on? Is that basically... Yeah,
0: probably. <laughs> it's probably driver's side is, yeah. But I will have to get a picture of it because it's probably not long for this world and it's no. it's very beautiful.
2: SC, but not Santa Cruz. Y'all... Why drive a Santa Cruz to ride your Santa Cruz in Santa Cruz when you could wear Columbia in Columbia while reminiscing about Big George riding for Team Columbia? I was listening yeah. to the latest episode while driving through my hometown of Columbia, South Carolina when I passed this billboard and very safely and responsibly took this picture. The uh-huh. Lexington School District, too, is hiring bus drivers. This is clearly <laughs> the perfect opportunity for Matt with Columbia's mild winters, he'll have no yeah. problem getting out for a ride during his midday breaks between dropping kids off and picking them up. But why stop okay. there? We, could reasonably, we can reasonably relocate the whole pod to the Midlands. There's a relatively large bicycle components distribution center in Lexington for Spencer to relive his glory days of QBP. Uh, Tim can then help, yeah. re- help me reestablish the Columbia's ECHL hockey team, the Inferno. The riding is actually pretty great, and you'd only be an hour from home at Hotel Domestique, making it way easier to accommodate Hincappy's guest appearances. Plus, there's a nonprofit shop co op to help you maintain your inventory you of bar cons and nine speed campy.
0: It's all coming sure. together.
2: I left Columbia almost a decade ago to become a professional bicycle advocate. I would happily move home to work alongside the podcast hosts who have done the most for advocacy. PS for all the bus drivers out there concerned about your colleagues, your local league of American bicyclists certified instructor has a bicycle friendly driver curriculum that they would love to present to your school district.
1: There you
0: go.
2: Just yeah. a,
0: a lot of. Thank so you here. so much. This is a great email. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. So I,
1: um, presented with the uh, renewed proposition of having to ride a Santa Cruz in Santa Cruz and driving a Santa Cruz, uh, would you choose that still over the new proposition of, I guess, a Columbia puffy jacket uh, mm-hmm. in Columbia? I feel like there was a department store brand maybe in the 80s that made 10 speeds uh, that was Columbia, but I could be misremembering. Yeah.
0: Um, well, there was an old, old, uh, like, Columbia cruiser cruisers and stuff we'll from, like, get mid-century some, and some earlier. Some tony yeah. bike
1: from, from the 70s or 80s. Um, i th- I feel like cost of living's gotta be a little bit better in South Carolina, but I don't know for sure
0: I mean it has to be there's no you could go no be a, way you can organize santa down Cruz. There, little guy
2: go go organize the uh, bus drivers yeah um, you got
0: oh you do have to be a bus driver
1: that is another yeah, stipulation
2: yeah. um yeah. hot take uh you guys remember Gavin uh, wrote us last week about the nine speed campy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he just wanted to let us know that he does not have a nine-speed Campy, but he does have eight-speed Campy and a Zonda wheel set. In excellent <laughs> condition, though. Oh, all right. So we're gonna ask him how much.
0: Still <laughs> trying to sell stuff. Yeah, yeah. You still see somebody angling for a sale. Yeah.
2: String him yeah, along
0: yeah. a little bit further.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, Kevin Dolan sent us a great picture of the bike swap. We talked about it last week. That bike swap looked absolutely massive. Looked like it was possibly yeah, yeah, inside yeah. a. Uh, like a UPS distribution hub. I mean, that we might have to go to that one, gentlemen. That was a solid setup. Um, mm-hmm. Aaron uh, Spencer, apology, retraction, episode four twenty five. The Slow Ride crew, especially oh. Spencer. I want to provide a heartfelt apology and do the right thing and admit that I was wrong. Wow. I don't, I don't like this, Aaron. Wow. That means I'll have to start admitting I was wrong. I went back to episode 425 and at 3104 in the as- episode, after Tim asked the passenger model, Nissan, suggesting it's an Altima, you can clearly hear Rob Kelly come into the air unannounced cameo and say Sonata. So please accept my humble apologies and know that I will continue listening to the podcast. Also, good work, Ripping on the Hyundai Santa Cruz, it really rustled the Jimmy's the, of one of my friends who also owns one. Oh, okay, I, like I see it, now. Bird. I get it. Close <laughs> circle. Come coming
0: full circle. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's uh, a oh, real man. callback to a a, a previous conspiracy email, yeah, theory yeah. from a, and a conspiracy theory from a previous episode of mm-hmm. Spencer mm-hmm. actually being Rob Kelly in disguise. Well, I'm, I am. Like I I
1: gotta say, I am yeah, glad to is... finally clear the air here on that one because I definitely. I, I felt like I couldn't have got that wrong, and this makes a lot more sense.
2: Uh, so. <laughs> Kevin McLennan, they've done it. Make sure you have watched the UAE Tour Stage 1 results first. Lotto Sudal managed their first and only win of 2023. That was six days ago from Kevin McLennan. Yep. And then we know what has happened. We talked about the Lotto Destiny team. They're on the program. But he thinks uh, So anyways, it's, the, the team is here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, the beauty of this email is he sent it very soon after Caleb Ewan had been declared the winner at the UAE yes. tour. And then within an hour, it came out that Merlier had won the stage actually by a hair of a hair of a yeah. hair of a hair. So I was, I was so excited to get that email and read it later in the day. I thought it was the best <laughs> thing ever <laughs> for a lot of Destiny.
2: The great emails continue. Um, This one comes to us from uh, Adam. This is a good one. Free Dewey, free Dickie. I've been waiting two weeks for one of you to bring up local legend Dewey Dickie being a bus driver and how it was the ultimate job for a cyclist. This brought back fond memories of my junior racing years, seeing his grand enhanced performance teammates, having t-shirts with his photo on the front and the words... Uh Free Dewey, Free Dickie at Snake Alley in Iowa. Drumming up oh support God. for him. Do you have any of those t-shirts? Did one of no. you design this work of art? Thanks for the weekly laughs. laughs. Um, no, I didn't even no. know this shirt existed. And no. I I did make a Dewey Dicky t shirt for the old bike throw.com website, which was Minnesota Cycling News and Gossip. This is basically slow ride podcast version beta um i did make a ringer t that said i heart dewey um uh-huh. it was great spencer came up with the great artwork of the bike throw we uh-huh. we should probably bring that shirt back spencer do no, you have that file something
1: everything that no that's all bad it should stay buried what? deep 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 in the closet you think
2: that artwork is bad yes no come on that looked good it was like a banksy before banksy it was amazing.
0: Before Banksy. Uh,
2: okay. Uh, yeah. I'll I'll have my people get in touch with you about that. Um, you know what? Uh, we needed to start making some merch. We got some great million costs. dollar ideas on here. But Adam, oh, yeah. thank you so much for this email. Um, and thank you so much for uh, listening. Did I, Adam? I don't. Maybe I have met you. Um, if I if I have not, I, I if I have, I apologize. I had a stroke. But, um, <laughs> I would love to know if we ever race together because I'm pretty sure based on my skill level, the, the chances are you beat me several times, but, um, you know, thanks again. It's always wonderful hearing from people, uh, based out of Minnesota or the Midwest.
1: It's, it's I mean, it's fun to hear from anybody that's heard of Dewey Dickey because we talk about him so much on this podcast and he hasn't raced a bike in 20
2: years. Yeah. But he's banned for life. Um, Adam Templeton. Glasgow 2023. Gravel Worlds? Hey, Slow Ride. Your Scottish correspondent, Adam Templeton, here. Adam, just real quick. There's a lot of Scottish uh, correspondence for the Slow Ride podcast. You might need to break down which region of the wonderful (laughs) country of Scotland you're from. Are you from uh, West Lothian? Or are you from Edinburgh? I need to know. Anyways, here reaching out to give you the inside scoop on how Glasgow is preparing the world's best cyclist to arrive in Scotland in August. All right. As you should hopefully be able to see from the photo attached, the countdown clock is there every day in Glasgow Central Station when I'm running late for university giving me a small amount of motivation, knowing that I may soon get the chance to watch the likes of Van Art and Vanderpoel tearing around on my local roads. That, that does honestly have to be pretty exciting.
1: That's pretty cool, yeah.
2: I have waited to send an email until now. The countdown clock appeared with around 300 days to go. And as we now are now 160 days out from the beginning of the competitions, or the way I'm looking at it, 10 times 16th, which I know can only uh, mean oh, the preparations whoa. are about to be ramped up. You may have also seen that Glasgow has released a map on Zwift. However, my dad and I do not see the resemblance at all. (laughs) Where are the burnt out cars and piles of rubbish? Where are the local junkies? Where are the potholes? Where is the wind and the rain? Don't be fooled by this utopian version of Glasgow, as the cycling conditions are nothing like Zwift, Zwift makes them out to be
1: great <laughs>
2: this leads me know. this leads me to my main point because so many of the roads are of such poor quality with potholes the size of moon craters has the uci chosen glasgow to make it a gravel race for the rainbow bands a- opposed to a road race oh. killing the spirit of gravel once and for all will all the riders use gator skins will we see riders <laughs> use front suspension forks will you Ooh. keep we will keep you up to date on preparations and any queries you have about Glasgow, Scotland. I feel free to send them my way. Keep up the great mm-hmm. work, Adam and Adam. I apologize um, that we have not reached out just yet, but if you can check the, co- like we got the email about the tickets. We need to make the decision. <laughs> gentlemen, we are going to Glasgow okay. and we I've are going to go it. see cycle ball. We've, we've talked enough about cycle ball over the years that this is uh-huh. the quintessential slow ride podcast sport. Uh-huh. Should we put in once again for press passes?
0: Yes. Yes. Because maybe they'll let us in all this stuff for free.
2: Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> what would be your first question you would ask after the championship cycle ball game? You probably need to talk through a translator because <laughs> I'm more than yeah. likely it's going to be a Germanic language. What would you ask?
0: Uh, I'd probably ask their name first. But,
2: okay. um, ask about gear ratios,
0: gear ratios would be important. Yeah. yeah. What
2: would you ask uh, one of those questions? Like what, what was going through your head before you, uh, you know, you, mm-hmm, you took that, that mm-hmm. shot. Did you, did you think yeah. you had what it takes? Like a real open-ended <laughs> this question. Is,
1: <laughs> this is a good exercise to do because last time we had press passes to UCI worlds event uh in Richmond in 2015, we ended up in the in the men's paddock kind of uh, before the road race. And we all split up to go get interviews. And I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't know what to ask anybody. I went up to Tom no. Dumoulin and was like, uh, so do you think the attack will happen on the one hill or the other hill? And he was basically like... He gave a he gave a very good actual media um, answer, uh, you know, said a lot of useful things uh, to my stupid question, but basically it was like, those hills aren't big enough for me to do anything.
2: So it, he, it's not going to be either of those hills that matters. You did yeah. remind me, Spencer, of I went and sought out Bling Matthews at the Australian yeah. team bus. Uh-huh. Um, and I... I tried to ask a question, but he turned away and just walked away. It's like he didn't want to talk to me. So maybe that was the sign that he never wanted to be on the podcast. But I did learn Uh in Richmond the importance of following the real journalists that have the relationship with the athletes to be there immediately when they're done asking their questions. And then you jump in like, oh, one more question. And then the little guy classic question was, how are the – what was it the temptations what would you ask sensations
0: sensations, not the temptations that would have been really weird how (laughs) are the temptations like really how's Richmond been treating you
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean Richmond also has a map on Zwift and it doesn't totally live up to uh, the splendor that was beautiful Richmond Adam
0: yeah
2: we could use some help finding a venue for the Slow Ride Podcast live show. We've got a couple of other correspondents that have reached out with some different ideas. Um, we'd love to to, to, to chat. <laughs> uh-huh. um, preferably, it's on the subway line. I know there's a subway in Glasgow. Um, and uh, yeah, we can have some fun. I can't wait to, uh, to head out. Um, all right, gentlemen. Uh, we got a couple more uh, emails here. Let me uh, get into the mailbag. Um, the next one comes to us from... From friend of the podcast, Sid Law, and it's I have a new submission for the Slow Ride European correspondent, and I opened it up, and it's little known Intermarché Circus Wanty rider, Dries De Okay. <laughs> yep. I think uh, Sid is is winning the uh, the dad joke game here.
0: Winning the More dad joke, yeah, yeah. Trees is looking nice. Good hair. Got a little green. It's a solid. It's very hair. Euro. Very, very Euro.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he's he probably played soccer growing up. He's got that kind of soccer look too.
0: I I feel like now cyclists because of Remco, everybody loves to be like you know. I didn't really get into cycling till I was like fifteen or sixteen. I was really gonna be in a football player, but uh, you know. Just uh, <laughs> turns talk- out my dad was a pro, so I had. But I'd never really thought of it before this. Yeah,
1: I, re- I really want to be a footballer, but I decided, you know, why do I need to make money? I'll just be <laughs> a cyclist
2: instead.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, well, gentlemen, it's been another wonderful episode of Slow Ride Podcast. We'd like to thank all of the emails that we receive at, the at gmail.com. Send them in with any types of questions, advice seeking needs. If you need some car buying help, let us know we also like to thank all the list, uh, listeners and su- subscribers of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com. You find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Slow Ride Pod. Little guy, quick question. Any type of <laughs> occupations you want to throw under the bus this week?
0: Peter Sagan. That's an <laughs> occupation. <laughs> I just looked it up. All right. Dude was, I was like, well, I wonder why he didn't race opening weekend. He did. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Oh no! (laughs) That's the joke. It's real. That's the occupation. I um, sorry, Peter Sagan. I used to think, "Won't it be sad when Peter Sagan retires?" But uh, no, it won't matter. It won't change anything.
1: It turns Uh, out he retired a couple years ago. He he
0: did. (laughs) He retired. Also, uh, uh, I've seen a few videos, like Instagram videos of his and stuff, lately, and and I always think like he looks like he's having too much fun when he's going for rides. He's like you never see a video of like Peter Sagan like doing the work, uh-huh. yeah. Because I don't think he's doing the work. Yes, you talk. You know what when I mean? you
2: say doing the work, you mean like the black and white, grainy Rafa advertisement of like cycling's not fun; it's for suffering.
1: No. He means yeah. where am I? I'm on my bike eight hours yeah. a day. Yeah.
0: I mean, when you see the guys from Lotto who just won this past week, you know those guys have been living on the side of a volcano <laughs> with no vegetation, just yeah. drinking ketones. And yeah. like living at altitude, and you see a shot of Peter Sagan, and it's him and Daniel oss like having fun. somewhere in Italy, and they look like they're having a blast, and they're probably still riding six, seven hours a day, but they're also stopping at a cafe. They're like, well, "Did you see the croissants back there? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's <laughs> turn around." They go back, they wheelie back, they eat croissants, they like sign some autographs.
1: This is the wildest. They're in fit. Three, in, in 427 episodes. This is the wildest outro we've ever done.
0: Okay. Anyway, I'm Matt in Minneapolis. <laughs>
2: Well, Tim didn't do his part
0: yet either. Oh, Tim, do your part. Then I'll say it.
2: I'm Tim in Orlando.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm mad <at> in Minneapolis. <laughs>
1: I'm Spencer in Holyoke, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists so you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at Pod.